Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast, it's the Getting Over podcast. It's Getting Over 42, part one. That's right. We've got WrestleMania, and it's a two night event. So we've done two podcasts. Makes sense? Absolutely. So, this is part one. Tune in for part two. Find out what we've got for the second night of the event. Um, But we should get cracking with the first night. Something you may notice, either listening or watching, we've got a promotion going. That's right, we've got a little little, uh, subscriber promotion. If If you are not subscribed to this, please do. And be in with a chance to win a very special Funko Pop. More details in the podcast. If you're already a subscriber, you get two chances to win. Isn't that nice? So here we go. This is Getting Over WrestleMania Part 1. Recording in progress. Stu. Hello, hello. Welcome along, everyone, to episode number 42 of Getting Over. And this time, we're going to treat you to a double-header episode, and we will be covering the biggest event in the annual wrestling calendar, WrestleMania. Uh, this year's edition being number 38. Um, seeing as WrestleMania is once again over two nights, we thought we'd set our predictions over two very delicious but very digestible podcasts for you to enjoy. Um, we do have many predictions to get through on this episode, but we'll also see the launch of our WWE Funko giveaway, where you could be the lucky winner of a brand new Alexa Bliss Funko Pop shortly after their release. But more on that, coming up. As always, I'm not alone on the journey through all things WWE, and today I'm joined by the man who has been with Cookie Cast since the beginning. I mean, the, the, the clue's in the name, really. Um... I guess a pod without him would be like a WrestleMania without Vinnie Mac himself, Mr. Andy Cook. Oh, sorry. I thought you were talking about Paul. Hello. <laughs> and second up, we have the, the host of The Pursuit of Hoppiness and a regular contributor to Getting Over. I guess a pod without him would be like a classic mania without The Undertaker's streak, Mr. Matthew Moore. Hello. And last, but certainly not least, he's here again. Like the celebrity match, you knew that you never really needed at WrestleMania, but still wouldn't be complete without him. Mr. Paul Williams, how are we all, gents? Yes, very good. I was convinced it was going to be a, uh, it'd be like a WrestleMania without Sheamus or something else, like you know, a ginger wrestler, basically. Uh, well, I mean, that who know, who knows what part two now holds? As I just write some quick notes there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we would normally start with a predictions title. However, regular listeners and viewers will know that we are up to date after our catch-up episode last time out. If you're not, go and check it out if you want, or I am about to reveal it. So, Matt is currently our reigning, defending, cookie-cast premium live events prediction champion going into the biggest show of the year. But uh, two nights of predictions could make that difficult to hold on to that title. Uh, Like I say, if you haven't heard it, do go back and give it a listen. While you're there, check out all the other good stuff that we have on cookie-cast. And if you would be so kind as to give us a subscribe, you'll never miss an episode going forward. And we'll appreciate all the support, whether it's the wrestling, the football, NFL, gaming, or there's pretty much something for everybody. So uh, get yourself stuck in. 
Uh, but remember, at the top of the show, I did mention that you could be the lucky winner of an Alexa Bliss Funko. Now, these aren't released yet, so obviously this would be delivered, in theory, shortly after uh, release. I'm holding a picture on the screen right now, so take a look at that. That is the very Funko you could be winning. If I mean, if, if that's not a reason for the listeners to head straight over to YouTube to check out the prize, I don't know what is. Um, but yeah, this is where you guys come in. So we'd love it if you would subscribe to the channel. Um, and particularly um, YouTube or any of the uh, any of the um, audio outlets, but particularly the YouTube subscribers for this giveaway. Um, we actually have two to give away once we reach 100 subscribers on YouTube. So anybody that was already subbed at the point that this podcast was released, thank you very much, because you've not only supported us for a while, but you have also got two entries essentially into the into the draw um if you are listening to this for the first time or the 42nd time but you haven't yet subscribed get yourself over click that little button and you will be in the draw uh, as soon as we reach 100 subscribers i think a massive alarm goes off in andy's house is that right yeah the, there's um some balloons and um I was going to say sprinklers, not sprinklers, uh, streamers that go off when the when the hundred subscriber alarm goes off in this house. Okay, so once we get there, Andy is going to let us know, and we will uh, we will do the draw and be sending some brand new Funko Pops out to you lucky lucky subscribers. So we have the WrestleMania predictions coming up later on the show, but first, the news. Uh, we do have to start with some sad news, unfortunately, this time around, after the recent passing of Scott Hall. Scott passed away at the age of 63 after complications with a blood clot after hip surgery, put him into life support as well earlier this month. Tributes have poured in for the former NWO member from all across the globe, and even some from outside the wrestling bubble as well, showing us the, the reach that this guy had. Um, Hall was more famously known as Razor Ramon back in the early 90s, when he shot to fame in WWF before becoming a big part of the Monday Night Wars uh, between WWF and WCW. Hall was a four-time Intercontinental Champion, two-time United States Champion, Television Champion and nine-time Tag Team Champion. Uh, he was initially inducted into the Hall of Fame as well back in 2014, where Paul and I were lucky enough to witness that speech live and in person. And before he then gained a second nod in the Hall of Fame in 2020 as part of the NWO. Uh, has anyone got any Scott Hall stories or memories that they uh, want to share? I'm just, now I'm putting, I'm putting things together here and now this is the second person from that Hall of Fame class that's, uh, you know... I don't think, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong here, Paul, but I'm pretty sure that you haven't taken up hip surgery in your spare time. I mean, it's, it's on the list. Well, That's the problem, he's taking it up in his spare time. That must have been it. I mean, if you want to be pedantic about it, technically he's the third wrestler that Paul Bearer was Because Paul Bearer was already deed. Wrestler that you've assassinated? I mean... Earlier than there. Uh, <laughs> is this a confession? Put it that way. I mean, <laughs> let's let's be honest. Anything can become a confession in that sort of like, you know regard of. Uh, and don't change this to make it look like I'm saying I killed George Bluth or whatever it is that he says from uh, Arrested Development. But um, yeah, uh, no, I, I, I had I had absolutely nothing to do with it. 
But um, but yeah, yeah, I think I think like, going back to the Scott Hall kind of thing, I think it was that for for me, I I didn't see that much of him in WWE like Razor Ramon, but more the kind of like when he'd gone to WCW as part of like NWO and all that kind of thing. The kind of the swagger and the attitude and the you know. I think when you kind of think attitude era and all that kind of thing, I think his attitude was the kind of imprint of it. And I think, you know, kind of when you like watch things like the click and like the documentaries like that on, on WWE TV, you see it's the kind of the, the, the beginnings of the attitude era came from him. I would, I would say, I think kind of when you see that kind of, yeah, you see other people must have copied him to kind of do that kind of swagger and attitude and kind of thing to it. I think I think you're right with that because he certainly laid the groundwork for like he was really the first bad guy that people got behind. It was like like everybody that came after, whether it was, you know, Stone Cold, Triple H, but when they were supposed to be the bad guy and getting cheered, that that to me was essentially the blueprint that was laid down by Scott Hall. Um, so I, I suppose he was like the first anti-hero, wasn't he? Hmm. In a yeah, way, exactly. And like my my well, my own story of him um, was that me and Sarah got to meet him at, uh, for the love of wrestling back in 2019. Now, so obviously that is sort of you know even more grateful now that we got the chance to go. Um, but as as Paul will know, I had uh, a, a signed Kevin Nash figure in the NWO branding that um, carries its own story. Um, but I had a Scott Hall figure in the same series that I wanted to get signed. The reason I keep looking away is because it's actually just next to me at the moment, but stuck on the wall. And uh, as he was signing the figure, we explained to him that you know I had a Nash once and I had the pair. And he said, if you're displaying these at home, I want you to make sure that mine is just displayed just, just ever so slightly higher than the Kevin Nash figure. Because it'll be the first time in my career that I ever go over Kevin Nash, which I thought was pretty, like brilliant, like really, oh, really nice guy. He had a bit of a reputation on the conventions scene for not turning up and then being a bit of a like, you know, he did, and it couldn't have been further from that. He was he was absolutely like awesome and really really friendly. Made sure that I mean Sarah's not the biggest wrestling fan, and but he made sure to include her in the conversation and stuff too. So yeah, I can't. From personal experience, can't really say you know anything, anything else other than that. Really, it was, it was good. Um, but yeah, moving on from from the sad news to some happier news, um, albeit probably expected. So, the Undertaker, after retiring at Survivor Series back in 2020, finally gains his spot in the Hall of Fame as the headliner of the class of 2022. Uh, this year's ceremony will once again take place in front of fans. Uh, on Friday the 1st of April, straight after WrestleMania SmackDown. It's not just any old SmackDown, folks. That's WrestleMania SmackDown. Uh, Taker is going to be inducted by his longtime friend and creator of the character. And I, I think you might have heard of the guy who's doing it. It's uh, Vince McMahon. Who, who's yeah. that again? Vince who, sorry? <laughs> it, initially, there CEO were... CEO of AEW, was that? Oh, well, according to you, Mr. Cook, yes. According to me and everybody who watched the planet. Just checking. <laughs> but yeah, initially there was rumblings that Undertaker may get the class of 22 all to himself. But other names have since been added. Uh, Vader, Queen Charmel, the Steiner brothers, 
and Shad Gaspard is to be honoured with the Warrior Award. Uh, that was uh, given after his heroics in saving his son from drowning, which unfortunately ultimately cost him his own life back in 2020. They've absolutely got that one right as well. There's, a, there's at least... What's that? Four of the five, four of the five you'd absolutely put in. I'm not sure where they got Sharmel from, but I'm I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm more focusing on the fact that Undertaker is finally going in. Um, anybody surprised that they didn't keep him until forty, or is it more because of the Dallas link? Do we think? Yeah, I think it's it's pretty. Big. As soon as they knew they were going to be in Texas, it made the most sense to do it in a place that's you know. Well, he was born there, so it's probably going to mean more to him than doing it at 40, which will probably be in Vegas, I'd imagine. Hmm. They, I think yeah, they're, they're, they're never going to build the, uh, the big event as being from Death Valley, are they? So they'll have to wait a long time for that one. <laughs> Aircon might be a little bit of a problem. <clears throat> uh, it's it's alright. De- de- dead men will feel it. It's fine. Um, so... <laughs> We've also, moving on, we've got uh, Triple H has recently retired from in-ring competition. Uh, The official retirement was announced on ESPN uh, with an interview with Stephen Smith and comes off the back of Triple H's recent heart problems. Um, He explained that he'd suffered from viral pneumonia at the time and there were times that he thought he might not actually make it, so it sounded like it was a lot closer to the, uh, you know, the end than, than anybody maybe thought but he's had to have a defibrillator fitted as part of the um, like required surgery following the scare so I think he said something to the effect of he wouldn't want to be in the ring and then get a shock which is pretty that, that that's pretty scary in and of itself but uh, he retires at age 52 as a 14 time world champion but more importantly my favourite wrestler of all time so there we go um, and yeah, that, any, that is any, an accolade he puts above anything that he's won in his career. So I'm, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna have that little bit clipped up, and it's just gonna be his text message alert on his phone. I'm pretty sure. It's, from the, it's gonna be incredible when it, when we turn out that when we find out that he's in like the number of hundred subscribers to the channel, and ends up being as one of the winners of the Funko Pop. He might he might really want an Alexa Bliss Funko. I mean. If he wants to send me his address, I mean, that sounds weird if I want his address. I'm not going to stalk him at all. Yeah, I'd um, you know, change that. <laughs> can edit that out, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <clears throat> In um, some slightly, slightly more sad, sad news as well, it seems to be all bad news this time around. Um, unfortunately, Big E has recently suffered a broken neck. I didn't know if Matt might want to take this one, to be honest. No comment. <laughs> So yeah, in a match against, uh, well, Ridge, with, involving Ridge Holland, uh, Matt's absolute favourite, Ridge Holland went for a uh, belly-to-belly suplex throwing over his head on a 300-plus pound guy, and it, yeah, essentially just lawned out a Big E into the floor. Um, yeah. He was, apparently, you know, he could move his move all his digits and stuff, so that, that was all good news, but... Um, it's still unclear at the point of recording. Obviously, it's very soon after it's happened whether or not he'll ever wrestle again. At this point, I think one, just just the fact that he can move all move all his limbs currently is is the main thing, and the fact that he uh, hopefully will be uh, be all right on his feet, but uh, one step at a time. But yeah, definitely thoughts going out for, for Big E because it it was horrible to watch. I don't know if anyone's. I think in the same way to what it happened to Lesnar at WrestleMania nineteen. 
I think he's one of those guys that he's like the fact that he's in the shape that he's in and the fact that he probably does so much work on like neck bridges and like stuff like that, neck strengthening, that's probably what saved him from, from like much, much worse. Because I know that he's put a tweet out in the last couple of weeks where he said that one of the one of the doctors that he spoke to told him that that sometimes if you get an injury to that like those I think it's those vertebrae that it, it sometimes can like it can like it can involve like immediate death. Mm. Like that. So he was like he's he's just thankful that he's still here and so like that. But absolutely horrific. And like you said, you just you just pray that he's He's able to at least like have a, a, a remaining normal life and you know just comfortable and stuff like that, regardless of whether he's able to get back in the ring or not. As long as he's able to live comfortably, that's that's all that matters at this point. Yeah, agreed. Um, so, and the last part of news I have for this episode is um, Cesaro has quietly left WWE after his contract has expired. Um, so it has been reported that WWE offered a new contract, which was declined. But the interesting point to note is that Cesaro was already working on a one-year extension to his initial deal, and when that expired, it means there's no ninety uh, there's no ninety-day non-compete clause about it. So effectively, could show up anywhere. Um, I mean, this weekend would probably be a good time to to do something. Um, straight away, purely because it's like the second biggest one now. AEW is expected. But personally, for me, I think a stint in New Japan would suit him pretty well. It uh, Cesaro had been with WWE since 2012, so best part of a, of a 10-year stint there as well. So some some going for a guy effectively who held what one, no, two mid-card titles in the US and the Intercontinental, never really got a fair crack at the uh, that you know the the, the single, main singles titles, but hell of a run, hell of a tag team worker, hell of a singles wrestler. And legitimately could be the backbone of any company he walks into. To me, if he's, if if they do it right, I think he'll I think he'll go down as one of like that like that group or that very select group where I don't think anyone sort of had like bad things to say about his in ring style or anything like that. Like no one, certainly that I've ever spoken to, right? No one ever said, "Oh, well, he, he's not he's not good at this or or this or that." He's like. Always looked perfectly sort of smooth on everything he did, and how how they never used him to his full like sort of potential is a massive, massive miss for me. But yeah. I think that's the piece we agreed. So that is that is the news wrap up for this time, and uh, we shall move on to the WrestleMania predictions. So night one, uh, WrestleMania thirty eight does take place on the second and third of April at the AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. It's not really Dallas, is it? Um, as always, the card information is correct at the time of recording and is taken from WWE.com. But the card is subject to change, as it has multiple times in the last 24 hours before recording, and that was an absolute delight to sort out. So thanks very much, WWE. Um, currently, there are now eight matches scheduled, or seven matches in a KO show, depending on your outlook, for night one. And they are as follows. So the aforementioned KO show with Kevin Owens and none other than a returning Stone Cold Steve Austin. New Day versus Sheamus and Ridge. Just watching Matt's face there as he drifts off into uh, 
the excitement. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin. The Mysterios versus The Miz and Logan Paul. Seth Rollins versus... Nobody knows at this point. Uh, the SmackDown Tag Team titles are on the line as the Usos defend against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. The Raw Women's title, Becky Lynch versus Bianca Belair. And then the SmackDown Women's title, Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey. So, back up to the top of that list we go. So, the, the KO show. Um, for weeks and weeks, Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins have been trying to find a path to WrestleMania. And for a time, it looked like they could have been either defending or going for the Raw Tag Team titles. But it just they just kept falling short at every turn. And Kevin Owens decided that he needed a way to make it to Mania. And as such, just started slagging off Texas. Drawing the ire of one Mr. Stone Cold Steve Austin. And when the challenge was eventually made, Austin accepted... But it's still a little unclear to me what the interaction will be. Um, at first, it seemed to be a match. The way, certainly, the way that Stone Cold accepted it, it definitely sounded like a match. And if it was, it would be Austin's first in 19 years. But as the weeks have passed since, a KO show of sorts has now been touted. So, to kick off the predictions, we're going to go for a two-pointer. Will we see an official match? Is the first question. And if so, who wins? So who wants to take the uh, the first prediction on the WrestleMania pod? I'll have a crack at this then. Go on then. So I was thinking about this earlier today, actually, because I was uh, I was I was actually actually watching Raw uh, for the first time. Uh, 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 WrestleMania Raw. Sorry, apologies. WrestleMania Raw. Sorry, I. I I'd forgotten the differentiation uh, on, on that. Um, I think, I think because it, at, at the moment it seems as though everyone's convinced it's going to be the main event of night one. How how that's a thing, I've no idea. But I reckon that to avoid disappointment of having the fans that are there for night one see him. And the fans that are there for night two not see him. I reckon they might have the confrontation on the KO show on the Saturday and the match is set for the Sunday. Okay, so just to absolutely screw with all my plans, you're effectively going for no. <laughs> but there's no match for night one. No match for night one, but I think there will be a match in the entirety of the of the of the, of the weekend. Okay. I think I was just thinking about it today. It's because it's if there's people that have got tickets to one of the two days. I mean, let's let's be honest. Most people just get tickets for both days. But if they've got tickets for one of the two days, they're going to be they're going to be incredibly pissed off that they're not going to get to see Stone Cold. So, what's the way you get around that? You have him appear both nights. Okay. So, if there was to be a match on night one, let's just say there was, who's your winner? Hmm. I wonder. The fans. Well, yeah, it's that sort of thing where, like, if this, this was Austin having the match, like, you know, the year after he'd retired, he'd probably just lose it again. But you can't have, you can't have him not wrestle for 19 years and then lose. That's just insane. Okay. 
Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and do mine there because I think there will be a match, and on night one, and the reason for that is because they've absolutely double stacked the cards entirely. I don't think that there is room on night two, and let's be honest, if there is, it'll probably be for some sort of second version of. You know, a title match that might have happened on like it might be a twenty four seven title match or something. They'll fit. It'll manage to fit that in rather than Stone Cold. So I think there will be a match because I think it'll. It'll. He he kept saying about how he was going to open the can and, and all that. So I, I reckon, I reckon it's going to be classed as a match, and I reckon it's obviously going to be Stone Cold that, that gets the recorded victory. Uh, Andy. Yeah. The... The reason I hate Paul going first on predictions is he makes some really good points that then make me question my decisions. But I'm going to have to stick with my original pick, which was exactly what you've said there, Stu. Yes, I think there will be a match night one. And as 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 we've sort of gone with, there is no way they're going to have Stone Cold come down for this to then lose. It just makes no sense. So, uh, big, the big W for Stone Cold. Okie dokie. And Matt? I've gone for no. I don't think there'll be a match. Okay. Do you want uh, to I... still pick a potential winner, as Paul did? If uh, I'll, I'll, I'll go with the rest of the group can go with Stone Cold. I, 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 haven't, I haven't got the balls to go with Kevin Owens if there is an actual match, but part of me kind of thinks that possibly it would be. It, it, it might be. Can, no, can you imagine, part. though? Especially after that whole stint that he pulled, at, like when he came out as Stone Cold. That was incredible. I would, In fact, I would go hands down as to say that was the best thing that's been on Raw in the last five years, at least. That was spectacular. Just the pop from the crowd as the music hit, and the fact that he had like the skull cap on and everything. So from a distance, people had no idea. Uh, and then as he got closer to the ring, you could physically like just hear the air just get sucked out of that arena as the <laughs> ring. But then the crowning moment was when he was mid promo, and he, the music went off again, and the glass shattered, and he turned and looked at the Tron as if to say, "Oh no!" And he like give it a second. And then let it slip that he made that happen as well. It was absolutely perfect. Spectacular. Unbelievable. So, as we have finished predicting the first match, we are just going to take a very, very quick break. We will be back momentarily. You won't like, even notice it's happened. However, it does give you time to go and press the subscribe button if you fancy winning an Alexa Bliss Funko. Recording in progress. Trust you. Okay. So, welcome back. I told you you wouldn't notice it. Hope you click that subscribe button, as we said. Um, but yeah, we'll get straight back into the matches for WrestleMania 38, Night 1. So, moving on, we have King Woods and Kofi Kingston versus Sheamus and Ridge Holland. And as discussed a little earlier, former WWE champion and current New Day member, Big E, recently suffered a legit broken neck at the hands of the inexperienced Ridge Holland. Rather than suffering any kind of punishment for his hand in the injury, Ridge has seemingly been rewarded with a spot on WrestleMania. Uh, the man formerly known as Pete Dunn has also aligned himself with Ridge and Sheamus, so I pretty much expect the newly minted Butch to make an appearance at ringside also. 
Um, I guess the question is, will Butch be the deciding factor, or will a New Day earn a measure of re revenge for their fallen brother? So, seeing, a, I'm a bit torn on this one about who to start with, because it's, it's got the big E implication. Normally I would go to Andy, but because it's got the Ridge Holland implication, I would probably normally go to Matt. So maybe we just, I don't know, Paul, do you want to take it instead? Well, well, well. God. Um, yeah, give it a shame. I mean, this, this is this is one of many, many matches where I think a lot of people just don't care. Um, <laughs> unfortunately, which is which is annoying because it's got an English lad in it, but it's not his fault. He's shit. Oh no, wait a minute. It absolutely is his fault. He's shit. So. <clears throat> Um, it just it just seems as if he's been massively fast tracked through to the to the main roster without ever sort of proving himself in any of the areas he's been yet. Um, obviously, um, I'm, I'm, I, he didn't mean to you know injure Biggie. Obviously, it was a it was a horrific accident about that, and like, you can't really sort of hold that against him as such, but. I think I said at the time to you guys, why is he trying to move? That he's probably not that sort of um, well-versed in doing with a guy who's that big and that heavy. He, it's, you know, learn how, to, learn how to do your finishing move properly first, lad, and then we can talk about some overhead belly-to-belly suplexes. Um you don't really want to kill the sort of the momentum of the of the new guy, so I think it's going to be a Sheamus and Ridge win. Please, okie dokie. You are in the book, um, Matt. Do you want to go next? Yeah, um, I think you know, kind of picking up what Paul said. You know, we kind of we've seen him several times, and <clears throat> you know, in nearly nearly breaking Tyson Tebow's neck, at trying to do an Alabama slam pretty bad. I'd completely forgotten about the Johnny Gargano um, kind of thing that was horrendous. And then obviously, you know, he managed to injure himself doing God knows what in in NXT. And then next thing you know, he's on the main roster. And I think the thing that gets me is the fact that people are making excuses for him. Oh, you know, he went into the move and Biggie hadn't done this, that, and the other. You know, I, we all understand that some of the moves, it's, it's a two-person kind of thing. So, yeah, he realistically isn't going to be able to lift a 300-pound Biggie. But, obviously, the assistance comes from Biggie creating the momentum to get himself over. But you've got to be ready to do it. And, obviously, he's not got the the wrestling knowledge to understand that, he is, that Biggie was ready to do that move So it's one of those things that I, I kind of, I kind of, you know, whenever New Day gets mentioned, I kind of always work on the principle. Everybody knows the way I'm gonna go. But there have been times in the past where I've, I've, you know, I've given New Day the props that they need at certain times. Um, I was, 
I was really sad about the Big E thing. Um, I'd seen I'd seen his post um, about obviously you know the best place to break your neck is the city that he was in because like the staff and stuff have been amazing and all that and the other um, and you know as as I've always said I might not be the biggest New Day fan but I am I am quite a big uh, Big E fan um, so as you might have guessed I'm going with the New Day to win this one feels a bit of a uh, uh, bringing it back for the new day. I'm not going to. I'm not sour about it. So, <laughs> so um, this is potentially then a good opportunity for Paul because I am also going for the new day to win. Um, I think had the injury not happened, I think it would have gone the other way. Um, but I think that they need to they, they need to balance that out, and I think that. It gives the new day, especially some sort of opportunity to get some some super cool WrestleMania gear with Big E kind of on there somewhere, like they did for Woods when Woods was injured. So I'll uh, I'm, I'm going to go for New Day to win that one, just just to get that measure of revenge. <clears throat> so next on the card we have Drew McIntyre versus Happy Corbin, and in what has to be the sharpest decline across the roster in the last two years. Drew takes on Corbin in this match. Gone are the days of challenging or defending a title at the biggest show of the year to taking on Corbin, who hasn't actually lost a one-on-one match since his luck changed and he became happy. No doubt that Madcap Moss will also feature somewhere, but tension between himself and Corbin has been teased over recent weeks. Both Corbin and Drew have two wins at WrestleMania in previous years. So who's going to better their record this time around? Uh, I will jump in on this one straight away. It's no surprise. I have to stick with Drew McIntyre. If he loses to Happy Corbin, I fear that this could be the end. Or the second version of of his his time in WWE. Again, how how he is not in the title, or even in one of the, the sort of United States or Intercontinental matches, whichever way you want to do it, how how he is not around, like either the main title or improving some of the others, after the work that he's put in during the pandemic era, is absolutely beyond me. And just as a, as a side little grumble there as well, a point of recording, there's no United States or Intercontinental title match on the card whatsoever, uh, which is which is a real shame to me. And that's not just night one either; that's that's across both nights. Uh, but yeah, just to uh, just to reinforce, I am wholeheartedly behind Drew McIntyre, and I hope that he kicks Corbin's hat straight out of the roof of the stadium because he's a, one of them. Uh, Matt, I've gone Drew McIntyre with this one as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've really got a big, like you said, if if he loses this, then um, he might as well get his ninety day release and head on over to. Vince's other company and be the boss man over there because I mean this this is the thing that they you know that WWE I think there's there's still an element of burying their head in the sand and there is a realistic rival to them and McIntyre could walk in there and be the man on that show and it no one would bat an eyelid about it and it'd be awesome 
I mean, I'd love to see him and Adam Cole again. Yes, please. Yeah, I'm, even now, please, I'd maybe change my prediction so that it might actually happen because I, I want to see that match again. You know, like, yeah, I think they're in a dangerous position of losing somebody who is a proper global superstar. People will get behind him. People got behind him in the pandemic. The reason why they didn't completely disappear in the pandemic was because of him. And now giving him stupid gimmicks and stuff like that, and you just think he was fine the way he was. So yeah, Drew McIntyre, please God, it be Mac- Drew McIntyre. <laughs> just there's a little again, little side note of the fantasy booking variety. If he did ever jump ship, him versus Hangman Page would also be pretty damn good, I imagine as well. Um, oh yeah, hey, back I- to task in hand, Andy. I, I mean, at this point in time, a lot of it's been covered, but I would love to know who it is that Drew McIntyre pissed off to be in the position that he's in now. Matt made some amazing points there about how he basically carried them through the pandemic. People rallied behind him, and it, it you know, kept that whole. It kept it all going. Why? Why is he down in the in the lower leagues now? He's, you know, he should be up there at the top. He should be like you said. He should be challenging, defending, and he's not. Um, so, uh, Drew McIntyre for me, please. Okay. Uh, and I'm with you boys. He needs to get this win because otherwise, why? Why is he there? Well, Paul. That does give you the opportunity to, for the second match in a row, to be out there on your own prediction-wise. So, what's it going to be? Uh, I'm not actually doing this just to play for points either. I do think Corbin will win. Ah, oh, no. And, unfortunately for you, I think it's going to be the start of his push into the main, in the main sort of main event picture. Seriously, I know like. I get it. I get it that like you know people don't like him and stuff like that. But he's he's probably the like one of the better heels in the company because people legitimately like hate him and don't ever want to see him do well and stuff like that. Um, plus, in the, in the sort of the storyline they've had so far, Drew's gone over every single time in all of the previous encounters they've had to be with. Um, He's, uh, he's referred to as Moshpit Jones on the on the Jim Cornette stuff. So I'm gonna I'm gonna call him Moshpit Jones, um, old uh, old mod, old Madcap. Um, so I just I just think it's like the, I think they've built it so it's a bit one sided with Drew uh, with Drew, um, and this will be where we get the sort of the opposite side. I imagine that there's potential that um, Corbin could get moved to Raw. In the uh, in the sort of the draft or the shakeup or whatever it is that they normally have after WrestleMania, and he could be the guy that ends up becoming the, the sort of the champion on Raw. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, we could fill a whole podcast on the things that I don't like about Corbin. Um, the one thing he's got going for him is that his that his finisher looks awesome, but my my problem with him is still also just that in the sense of. It's, I'm, I'm a big believer in the fact that your finisher should be something that you can hit on anybody because, like, look at look at Rey Mysterio when he worked like people like Big Show and 
and Carly and stuff like that. If if Rey Mysterio this finishing move would have been some sort of brain buster, nah, never gonna happen. But that the only way that the, Corbin Corbin could not do end of days on somebody that was much bigger than him. I know that he's got like the football background, but he wasn't. He was never kind of like the meathead muscle in, in his football days, and I still don't think he's that now. So. I just I find it difficult to believe that the second that he came up against somebody the size of a Brock Lesnar or the size of a of a Roman Reigns, like that that's that's all well and good. But bear in mind, as a heel, the ability to catch a fast one and roll someone up is an under sort of utilized art form. So you don't need yeah. to be finishing on anybody, and if he's ever in danger. Just clatter him with a chair and get himself disqualified, and he saves his title, doesn't he? So there's like there's so many ways around it and stuff like that. I mean, the the best way would just be for Drew McIntyre to win and then Cole to get fired. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. From a from a sort of a, I would prefer that Drew won, and that was the thing that propelled him back into the uh, main event picture. But I don't think. I don't think him losing to Corbin would be the catastrophic thing you guys all think it would be. Okay. Well, we shall see this weekend. So, moving on then. Next on the card is a tag team match. And here it is. The uh, the token celebrity match for the evening. Now, nobody really cared for Bad Bunny last year. But after how well that he actually performed, Logan Paul has some big shoes to fill in this match so it's Ray and Dominic Mysterio versus The Miz and Logan Paul uh, The Miz did pick, uh, pick back up the, the long time rivalry with the Mysterios and has used his A-list credentials to bring in a top level fighter were the words used I believe uh, in Logan Paul to potentially increase the outside interest in this year's event I, for one, would be extremely surprised if the match is half as good as Bad Bunny's last year because I think that took everybody by surprise. I remember doing the podcast after and thinking, right, I was watching WrestleMania, I'm all ready to make my notes and slag this guy off. And then couldn't. So, um, very recently, The Miz did steal Rey Mysterio's mask and turn, to, to use that to turn up the heat in a feud. Um Mysterious did get it back, I guess, on uh, WrestleMania Raw or Raw WrestleMania, whichever way around it was. But will they get the win this weekend? So are we going for the second straight celebrity tag team match victory, I guess, at WrestleMania, or will it be the Mysterios? Um, Andy, seeing as I know that the Logan Paul thing, you're itching to get in there. I was I was going to jump in. If, you, if you'd have tried to go to somebody else first, I'd have been like, I'm sorry, I need to go first on this one. Just in in some hope of speeding this match up so that we don't have to talk about it anymore. I was like, let's get this done. So uh, it's it's the Mysterios. And I'm prepared to say that in the sense that even if I just just give the point away, I, I can't say that, that the other team... Will will win because I can't even say his name. No, I can't, and I won't. This shit needs to stop. It's doing my treeing, and I'm telling you now, this is not the last time we're going to hear this on this podcast. 
Okay. Now, celebrity-wise, it's always been a thing. Right from the very beginning of WrestleMania. But back in the day, they had people like Muhammad Ali. I was about to say, back in the day, they had what was known as... um, That's right, celebrities. Not... Um, it's, uh, yeah, the Mysterios for me, please. Uh, and, okay, uh, yeah, and, all right. And let's let's move on from there because I am tired <laughs> of this. I believe there was a conversation at the point this was announced off air where I was like, I saw a funny joke earlier. Somebody suggested that uh, there was a particular person was going to be the Miz's partner at WrestleMania. And you guys were like, yeah, they announced it earlier. I was like, no, no, there was, there was, there was a joke earlier. And I'm like, no, it's not a joke. I was like, and I'm done. I am out. There's the, uh, there's my shorts. I'm done. I I have a theory about this one, and we all know how we all write the stories, and they're loads better than they will ever be in actuality. But just, I feel like they've been dropping a few clues, um, in, especially in the commentary for for recent weeks. Uh, but particularly in, in in Raw from this past week, where they've decided to start sort of all of a sudden now saying about why Dominic doesn't wear a mask. And it's because he's got to earn the mask, because Ray earned the mask from his uncle back in the day and all the rest of it. So to me, that feels very much a clue of where they're going next. Or at least for, you know, maybe, maybe Ray wants to go out at next year's WrestleMania and have that match with Dominic, potentially for a mask. So, I think this potentially could be the start of all that. I do think that the Mysterios are going to win, um, but I also think that it'll be Dominic that, that picks up the win. I think it'll be the start of sort of getting getting the rocket ship loaded up, I guess, on him, whilst they then use his dad to, to kind of hit the eject button next next time around so I'm, I'm going for the Mysterios as well Paul? It's looking like I'm just doing this for points I can't remember if they've ever had a celebrity come in who hasn't won that match that they're involved in Yeah but they beat that I mean we're skipping ahead but that may be night two but is it going to be night two? This is the thing. Like, for so I don't know if they just like bring them in with the proviso that they don't then you know knock the fuck out of them and stuff like that. I mean, I don't. You know, I I just I can see it happening. I can see that I can see Miz and Logan Paul winning and Logan Paul getting the fucking pin. Probably after Miz has actually issued the finishing move and he just scams it. Or, or he'll knock him out because, you know, he's a boxer. I'll Apparently. knock him out. Fuck <laughs> it. Yeah, it, it it's, it's another one of those ones where... Uh, uh, no, one, no one really wants to see it. He's not going to get a good reaction because people think he's a dick. So, I don't know why they're doing it. It's, it's, and then it's, Logan Paul. Is <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that, is, that is the thing. It's one of those ones where, like, uh, it, it's, yeah, just 
strange, really, really strange. They're clearly just doing it because they want to piggyback off his Instagram followers or his social media influence. And that. Yeah, just just another reason just to sort of, if, if possible, watch the day after and skip. I, the, the Miz doesn't have the greatest WrestleMania record either. So, it, well, up until up until 2014, he was undefeated. As he said, he put out a tweet the night before. He was like, "I can't believe this! I can't believe it! The, the streak's over." And he was like, "Miz one and like, five and one or something." And he was like, "Oh, you slag!" <laughs> it was funny though. Great timing. You see, I, I I quite like the Miz. If it was anybody else that he was teaming with, I'd be I'd be fine. But I'm yep. not I'm not quite to Andy's level of uh, of hatred purely because I don't really know who the guy is. Um, I'll be honest, but but yeah, I'll, okay. Well, Paul Paul is in the book as playing for points again. So Matt, I genuinely can't believe we spent so much time talking about this match. Um, <clears throat> I'm thinking the Mysterios, and I'm checking the dictionary what fighter means because uh, it's uh, it's definitely taken a different meaning to uh, to uh, what I thought fighter meant because I have a different word for that guy. Um, <clears throat> it's not fighter. And also, just a little kind of tidbit: Rey Mysterio will be the tallest person that either of those people have fought in a rest in a in a ring anyway. So uh, it's about about the right height. This could potentially either go very well or very badly for you, whichever way around it, it ends up. It's, uh, oh man, I don't think we've had anything like that before. Um, anyway, moving on. I'd say swiftly, but like Matt said, we did spend quite a lot of time on that one. Uh, so the next match I have listed is Seth freaking Rollins versus a mystery opponent. So as we mentioned a little bit earlier on, Seth Rollins has struggled to find his road to WrestleMania. That was until the Monday, right before the big event. And it turns out all he had to do was just ask Vince McMahon. And then pretend to use his desk like a surfboard. which was, It was quite a funny little segment that I did quite enjoy it. Um, his, his suit game is uh, something else as well these days. Just unreal. Um, but yeah, apparently his, his WrestleMania opponent will be revealed to him on the night when Rollins is already in the ring. So, Cody Rhodes then, yeah? Yeah, me please. It, 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 almost, it almost has to be, but because it almost has to be, it almost certainly won't be, because this is WWE we're talking about. Well, to that end, I, I uh, preempted that, and again, for the second time on this card, we are going for the two-pointer. So, it's, I want to know who is going to be the mystery opponent, and secondly, who is going to win? So, if you don't get the mystery opponent correct, then you can still just pick Seth's opponent, effectively, to be the winner. Still get a point that way. So, um, I, I've obviously already dived straight in. I, I, I definitely see. I definitely see Paul's point. Um, it is a very WWE thing. I've even seen online touted that it could be Undertaker. I was just thinking that there. Absolutely not. Do you know what? Ridiculously, I think 
if it's anyone, I could see Cena just turning up out of the blue. Um, but I, I think there's there's too much sort of smoke without there being fire. I think on this occasion, I think even too much for them to mess this up. Um, in uh, wearing the Hardy's t-shirt, I guess at the moment, I think it's the one chance that Cody has got for a Hardy Boys level pop. Um, by returning at WrestleMania, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with Cody, and clearly he's gonna win as well. So they're not gonna have have him come back and then lose to Rollins. So that's that's where I am. Uh, who wants to go next? So it's a big fat ditto from me there, Stu. Save you save you some time and effort. Just put Andy agrees. Uh, absolutely, Cody Rhodes, and absolutely Cody Rhodes to win. Okay, I'm going to go with Matt then, which then will give Paul the opportunity to say something entirely different again. <laughs> yeah, same. Then we'll put Matt, Matt agrees with Andy, who agrees with you, kind of thing. I, mean, I, I can't really see it being anything else. The Undertaker thing, when when, it, when you were kind of talking me through it, and I was like, oh, you know, he's gone to Vince's office and he's been disrespectful in Vince's office. And I was like, hmm, maybe it could just possibly be kind of thing or the big kind of one is does Vince make him look like an absolute knob and just leave him out in the ring with no match whatsoever or like horn swoggle him or something like that <laughs> yeah, that would be great but I'm going to go with the easy play of it's Cody Rhodes and it'll be a massive pop and then he'll be buried in two weeks time so when, when you mentioned Hornswoggle then, it suddenly set off a chain of thoughts in my head that when Hornswoggle, Vince's son, oh my god, it's going to be Shane. Oh, now that's... It's not the worst idea I've ever heard. Don't give him ideas. It's the worst idea I've ever heard. No, Shane's, Shane's not on the same level as like a Logan Paul. At least he can actually work. <laughs> right. So. It's not going to be Jake fucking Paul, is it? Come on. I know. They're not going to get both. It wasn't a buy one, get one free special. fucking well be. The Paul Brothers. <laughs> right. Just, if, if, that, if that happens, you realise that next time we do any kind of podcast, there'll just be a massive crack on Andy's like, visual because <laughs> just smashed it to bits in rage oh right then so I think it will be Cody I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as that I reckon we're going to get some form of shithousery some form of weird sort of he's going to try and take the piss or something like that so obviously when it came out that he was giving Pat McAfee a match all the rumours were doing the rounds that it was against, it was going to be against Vince. I reckon there's a chance that you get Vince coming out and saying, oh, your opponent is, and then his music just plays, but then Cody just appears behind him or something like that, and then gets like a quick win or something like that, and then that starts some whole sort of nonsense where like Vince is going against Seth. I don't know. I've not really thought it through in my head, but I, I don't think it'll be as like sort of straightforward as 
he just plays the music, he's out, he wins, everyone just like, loses their shit and so on. If it if it is Cody, the the one thing that you will know well what the relationship between Triple H and his father in law will stand at is if they smash the throne on the WrestleMania stage as well. Who knows? I mean, the one thing is for certain, surely you would hope to God that if it is Cody, when it is Cody, he's not gonna come out of stardust, is he? Oh God, please God no. I was just about to say it. Is it is it Cody Rhodes or do we put Stardust down just in case? <laughs> Could you imagine? I mean, he'd have a lot more face paint to apply to his neck area this time since the last time he's that character. So, so yeah. Right, moving on then. The SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I think the SmackDown Tag Team has been notoriously light for some time now. And the Usos will have dominated what little competition they actually have had for over 250 days by the time WrestleMania rolls around. The tag titles have effectively just become pawns in the whole story of the chess match of the Universal title, with Roman Reigns obviously been there holding on to that one. So enter the latest challengers, Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs. Um, the current odd couple, I think, of WWE's tag team scene. But there's no denying that they do work pretty well. Um, Nakamura can, you know, certainly got the striking ability, whereas then that's backed up by the power game of Rick Boogs. And as much as he is that kind of, I want to say almost Joey Ryan on actual, no, I don't want to say steroids because that makes it bad on him, but he does look like an inflated Joey Ryan. Um, who knows? Maybe, maybe this this will be the start of a bad weekend for Roman Reigns with the tag titles changing hands, but they could also just stay with the bloodline and, you know, kind of keep that whole thing going again. So, um, who's going to win? Are the titles going to change hands? Or are they, are they going to stay where they are? And I'll go to Andy this time. So, when when you were saying, like, I was like, oh, it's been a long time, and you were saying, oh, it's 250 days, is it? By the, yeah, by the time that the uh, the event rolls around, it'll be over 250 days. Yeah, so, you know, it, it, it's probably in that sort of realm of it feels about time. You know, WrestleMania is a good stage for a change of of belt, championship, you know, title, all of that. Um, but I do, I'm just not feeling this match. I just don't feel like this is the match for it to happen. I feel like they needed a, a, a bigger tag team to go up against to to take the titles from them so I'm going with the Usos for this okay. I, I just I just can't get I, I, I agree that it's time for those titles to change hands but not this match so I'm just sticking with the Usos for this okay uh, Paul um Yeah, let's go for let's go for the title change. It's another, way to, it's another way for him to keep Nakamura happy. As they will now, as they will now be known on the uh, predictions book, Nakaboogs has just uh, been written down. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, there's that. Matt, I've gone Usos. Ooh, so. Um, well, this time, Paul. You are not on your own. 
because I am also going for Nakamura and Rick Boogs. And that is purely because I think they'll use it to store a bit of doubt for night two. And that's, that's again, the prime reason. Like I said in the, in the uh, bit before, them tag titles at the moment, to me, are absolutely worthless. Um, they're, they're purely there to enhance the universal title story. After the weekend, that'll obviously be the uh, the one and only title uh, in, in WWE and in the, to the top level in the men's division. But I, I, I just think they'll use it just for that purpose. So, Nakamura and Rick Boogs is for me. Um, I think at this point, I think we'll maybe just take a little break again. And we will be right back. And we shall get into predicting the two women's title matches we have to come. Recording in progress. Okay, so we are back. And I see you sneaking back in here after clicking that subscribe button. Appreciate Thank you very much. Um, so, yeah, straight back in. The Raw women's title match. Becky Lynch defending her Raw women's title against Bianca Belair. And this is the rivalry that began 26 seconds after Becky Lynch's return at last year's SummerSlam. Uh, finally going to come to a head at WrestleMania this year. And it's, it's actually Bianca's second straight title match at WrestleMania. Last year, obviously, she took home the gold after uh, winning the Royal Rumble and then dethroning Sasha Banks in the main event of night one. Um, since then, Becky Lynch, the man, has now transitioned into big-time Bex. And... I don't really think that makes Becky any less of a threat um, going to retain a title that nobody has beaten her for since the main event of WrestleMania 35. Um, obviously, there was a little maternity break in the, in the middle of all that, so it has extended that slightly. Um, but things have, have got really personal in this rivalry, especially this last week, when Becky Lynch tried to cut the braid off Bianca Belair, uh, took two KODs for her trouble, and then ended up with slightly less of her own hair as Bianca Belair went all Edward Scissorhands and shit. Um, lots of pictures over social media of Bianca Belair holding pieces of, of Becky Lynch's hair as well. So who knows? Maybe it'll be a full-on makeover for uh, Big Time Bex by the time that WrestleMania actually rolls around as well. Uh, anybody actually think that Bianca's going to win? Or are we expecting the big time run of Becky Lynch to continue? I'm sticking I'm with Becky Lynch. You're going with Becky Lynch, okay. Straight in there, Matt. Why, why four, sir? Why four? Uh, I don't know. Obviously, I think, obviously, with her being like one of the biggest kind of people in the company, I think they're going to keep her, and it's probably a bit of a spoiler for my next prediction. So, uh, kind of <laughs> I don't think they're going to have two changes in the women's title matches in one night, because they're both on the same night. Um, yeah. I don't think there's going to be a change in this one. So okay. that would be fun. Okay, I, uh, I'll i jump in because I'm the exact same thing. Um, there's a little bit more to it for me in the sense of that because they're, because they're unifying the men's title, what's to say they're not going to eventually do that to the women's title coming up as well? Because I, I, I get the feeling that were possibly headed back to a one roster across the two, like the main shows anyway. The, the way things are at the moment, the rate that they've been thinning folk out over the last two years, 
it makes a lot of sense to me. So I would expect Becky Lynch to, to retain here. And then will they do it as quick as SummerSlam, maybe? Will they string it out till next year's WrestleMania? Who knows? But one of the big shows, I think there will be a women's unification match too. Um, so yeah, Becky Lynch for me. Paul? I was I was gonna say that I was gonna say uh, Bianca Belair, but you sort of swayed me around to your uh, your, your point there. Um, and I hadn't really thought I hadn't really thought about it, but it, yeah, it, it would be surprising if they changed both women's titles on the same night. But they've done it before. Obviously, like they had both women's titles change hands at last year's WrestleMania, so it's not unprecedented that they would do it again. But like you've said, if, if if the chances are they uh, they potentially are moving back to like a unified roster, a one champ in each sort of section setup, you'd imagine the money is in a Rousey Lynch title unification match. So yeah, I'll go for Becky Lynch to retain, but that's all down to you two with your cheeky nonsense changing my mind <laughs> you've not listened to us all night so far as the book shows so well yeah there is that I suppose okay Andy so uh, I know I, I know I often mention this when we do a wrestling podcast but uh, in the run up to doing these podcasts I do actually do a little bit of research I do uh, read it read around what's going on and you know try and bring my my limited knowledge up to date somewhat um and I've, I, what I found is strange is from everything that I've been reading up to this point, um, what you guys have said there is 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 counterintuitive to what I've read. And there are times when I would go against what I've read when I read read stuff and it's like, eh, I don't think that's right. Um, but I'm gonna go with the with Paul's uh, tactic for the night, and I'm gonna play for the points here. Bianca Belair, please. Okay. Uh, on, on the note of Belair, a special shout out to the guy who was holding the sign at Monday Night Raw that said Will Smith works stiff. Enjoyed that very much. Um, awesome. So yeah, the final match then I have on the card for night one is the SmackDown Women's title, so Charlotte Flair as champion defending against the Royal Rumble winner, Ronda Rousey. And I do expect this to main event night one as well. Um, personally think that the Rumble winners should, you know, always get what they were promised in the main event of WrestleMania. The fact that it's on two nights now, it makes sense for them to have the men main event one night and the women main event another, so I'm, I'm, I'm all good with that. Even if the winner is a potential part-timer. We shall see. So yeah, it's the second throwback to the WrestleMania to WrestleMania 35 on this card. As two out of the three main eventers are back to face each other once again. Flair is out to prove that her legacy is bigger than that of her challenger. I said legacy is bigger than that of her challenger. Whilst Ronda claims she's been breaking out since she was 14 years old, and Charlotte will become just another number. Will we see that new SmackDown Women's Champion, or is Ronda here for a short time? but not necessarily a good time. I think we've, we've pretty much done some of these predictions already, so this one might not be the, long, the longest round of predictions we've ever had on the podcast. Um, so we'll do it reverse order then, shall we? Andy? 
It's Ronda Rousey for me, please. Okie dokie. Um, Paul? Yeah, I think, I think Rousey will win. What I will say, though, is it's never been more obvious that someone needs a mouthpiece than that promo she tried to cut on Friday was, because that was awful. Correct. She, I, 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 in the ring, she's great. Obviously, she's, she's believable because well, why the fuck wouldn't she be? She's literally, you know, used to punch people in the face for a living. Um, but oh my god, I, I, I don't even, I don't even necessarily think it's something they can teach her because, like, since she's been there, her promos have just got worse. So it, it's obvious that I, I don't know what it is that like about her and the need to turn her heel because. She's getting more and more moves. It's unbelievable how, how like against her people are. If it's that, it's that sort of thing where like she might be in that Roman Reigns sort of bracket where she kind of needs to turn heel to become like more comfortable in her position and where she is and stuff like that. Because why does she want people to like it? She's she's literally she could literally kick anyone's ass. Like probably including half the men on the roster. So why does she want to be like a good a, like a, a, a good person? But yeah, I think she'll win. The fact of the matter is, when she's away from the ring, she's a perfectly good heel that kids cuts a perfectly good heel promo because she tells the truth exactly about what she thinks about wrestling. <laughs> and then she comes into the WWE and they go, no, 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 no. She's a face. And we're like, no, mate, we've read what she said. We've read, we, we, we heard all the shit she's talked about it. And now she's come back because she needs to save the baby that she's just had. Um, and you, you want us to believe that she loves wrestling and wants to be here and is, is, is a face? No, 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 she's not. But she's going to win. So, like, okay, so I've got Matt down for that as well. And um, just to back up what Paul was saying, I think my particular favourite part was when... She was clearly supposed to say SmackDown Women's Champion, and she went Women's SmackDown Champion. Uh, 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 just why do we even say Women's anyway? Just a SmackDown Champion is like, all right, just because you got uh, it wrong. Ray, Ray just in the back doesn't go, hello. So yeah, that's fine. Uh, I'm the SmackDown Champion, and that's when she said, "Well, we can fight for it if you want." And that's where Ray shits himself and fucks me. <laughs> and that, ladies and gentlemen, is a prediction and not a spoiler. Um, so I have also gone for Ronda Rousey just for, for clarity. So that is a clean sweep on the SmackDown Women's title match predictions. So there we have it. Women's, the Women's SmackDown title match. The Women's, the, the, the women's SmackDown champion. Champion. Um, so yeah, there we have it. Night one is predicted. But wait, there's more. Join us over on the second part of this double episode to complete the predictions and see what we think is going to go down this weekend at WrestleMania. And obviously, I've mentioned it quite a few times already, and it will be getting mentioned again. Don't forget about the Funko giveaway. Get on over to YouTube and subscribe whilst you're loading up the next episode. See you there. So there you go. What do you think of that? First part done. First night done. First round of predictions done. Do tune in for part two. Find out what we think is going to happen in the second night. Don't forget, we've got the Funko Pop competition. Subscriber drive, however you want to look at it. Do click subscribe to be in with a chance to win.
You can also check out our website, thecookiecast.com, check out our social media feeds and our email function if you want to get in with a chance to win on the predictions. That's it for this one. Tune in for part two. And until next time, I'll see you then.